Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. We are inspired by Mother Teresa who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. All right, friends, welcome back to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. We are speaking with Nicole Caruso today. You might just be familiar with Miss Nicole. Nicole is the author of the new and fabulous book, if I don't mind saying so myself, of Worthy of Wearing with Sophia Institute Press. She's also a professional makeup artist and beauty consultant. She's a former beauty editor of Verily Magazine and homeschooling mother of three. God love you. I am with you all the way, Nicole, homeschooling. All the way. <laughs> um, Nicole's mission is to, I love her mission, is to inspire women to invest in their self-worth with her movement, hashtag worthy of wearing. She wants women to live in an integrated life where faith and style meet. Uh, so you can find out more about her at NicoleCaruso.com. She shares a lot there about style and beauty. Um, she gives a lot of tips on healthy living. I really like the healthy living stuff, all the other things as well, but in particular, healthy living. She has like a neat little knack for that. Um, she has some really beautiful reflections too on marriage and motherhood. Her and her husband are raising their sweet little family right outside of Washington, D.C. for the moment. And so we want to bring her on. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Leah. It is so good to be here. Yeah, it is good. It is good to be here. Um, <laughs> it is good to be alive. Okay, so we're talking about Worthy of Wearing. Let's get to it. Worthy of Wearing, I love the book. I endorse the book, full disclosure. I loved getting my advanced copy. I loved looking through um, all of the content because the first time I got it, I just was looking through just the content, not the pictures or anything else. And the content was so good. I liked how bite-sized it was and all the different arenas of worthy of wearing of kind of what this message envelops. And so it wasn't overwhelming. It was, it's a great book that it's kind of like that coffee table book that will make you a really bad guess because you'll keep looking at it and not pay attention to people <laughs> that you're trying to talk to. But then when I got the book, the physical book is beautiful. It's beautiful. The pictures, all the women that you have in there who show this beautiful side to what you're trying to illustrate with this, this deep sense of identity of who we are as women of God. And in this message of worthy of wearing and this mission of worthy of wearing, you did a fantastic job. So uh, we'll make sure all the links are in the show notes for people if they're interested in, in grabbing that book, they can do that. But as you wrote this book, worthy of wearing. And of course, before you wrote the book, you were beginning this process on social media of just encouraging women. And you started with just encouraging yourself. I remember <laughs> yes. you're like, I'm going to wear this. I'm going to wear this thing that I don't think I'm worthy of wearing because it's not the right time. It's not the right place. It's not the right season. I might have a few extra pounds on me, whatever it might be. There's all these different things that every person could have of why they're not going to wear that thing that they have personally purchased themselves and own in their closet. And we sometimes just don't feel worthy to wear those nice things sometimes. Um, and we almost look at those nice things in our closet and think, oh, it's so sad that I can only wear that for this type of occasion or this type of occasion. And you have taught us through styling of how we can use anything in our wardrobe to wear because we are worthy of wearing you know, the clothes that we have. So let's get, before we kind of talk a little bit more about that and the process of it, I'd like to talk about really the root cause of why we need a mission like this of worthy of wearing. 
Like, why do we need that? Um, and it seems like we have this culture of unworthiness. We have a culture where we don't know our worth. We have a culture where we don't know our identity. We don't know who we are and we don't know whose we are. And this creates this disunity, right? This fragmented mm-hmm. type of a life to where it showcases itself and it pops up in really um, sometimes obvious symptoms of how we show ourselves and how we address ourselves, how we dress ourselves, excuse me, and present ourselves to the world. And so I just would love to hear your thoughts on that. Like this culture of unworthiness, um, where do you see, where, where, where do you see the problems come up the most within um, your own life or the other women that you're able to speak with and to help and to coach with? I think unworthiness has kind of reared its head um, in the biggest way as sort of whatever the loudest voice is on what it's meant to be a woman is what so many women are listening to. And unfortunately, that loud voice often is the pop culture, the fashion industry, all the things we're listening to in music and what's being printed in on blogs and lifestyle websites and all these things. Um, this influence, influencer culture that we're kind of living in right now. And it's perpetuating this idea that this is beauty. Beauty is this little tiny speck. And if you don't fit into this speck, you're not beautiful. You just ain't cutting it, honey. And you got to buy all these things to make yourself remotely relevant to this little tiny speck of beauty. And so you and I know from working in different capacities in the fashion industry, how prevalent it is, how, um, how controlling it is. And so that narrative has woven itself so deeply that now mothers, well-meaning mothers, well-meaning caregivers are passing down these unfortunate messages of unworthiness to their daughters. Um, and I witnessed it a lot working as a makeup artist too. I mean, I'll never forget this one day there was a, a group of girls came in to Saks Fifth Avenue to get their makeup done for prom. And some mothers were accompanying their daughters And there's this one daughter, she was about 5'10", blonde, blue eyes, just stunning, beautiful girl. Then there was another girl that came with her mother and she was probably 5'2". She had brown hair, beautiful girl. The mother of the daughter with the brown hair sat down her daughter in front of me and said, I want you to make her, pointing at her daughter, look like her, pointing to the girl with the blonde hair. And this poor girl's lips started quivering. And I just felt this like shock of like, this is so desperately sad that this mom is telling her gorgeous, stunning girl, you're not cutting it. You're not beautiful. You're not going to be beautiful enough until you look like the girl across the, you know, across the counter. Um, And that was just one of many examples where I'm, I'm seeing women who really, they do care. They do love their children, but they're still passing these things on. So what is unworthiness? It's just this idea that, that you don't belong, that you're not special, that you're not good enough and you never will be. Um, but you could try and you could try, you know, using vanity and materialism and pride to kind of get yourself there, but it's still never going to work. And, and I think we know that those avenues come up empty and there's lots of other ones. Um, the only person, the only person who can tell you who you were made to be is our Lord. And we know that, and we. But the problem is that there's this huge, wide disconnect between uh, raising a 13 year old and teaching her that she is beloved and set apart and made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah, and I think for so many, I, I know I get this question a lot too. I'm sure you do as well. But the situation is this: ideally, is we start when they're really young 
to implement these ideas of identity and worth and value and giving them the right um, words to say to themselves of who they are, right? Because we, we, like you said, it's like what... What's loudest in our life is what we're listening to. And usually the loudest thing is what we're spending the most time on, right? Mm -hmm. So the time we spend on social, let's just say if it's that, that's the voice that's telling you then about yourself and about your worth and your value and what you should have and what you should look like and what you should be doing and what your dreams should be and how you should live your life and who you should be and who you should date or who you should not be and change yourself and transform it entirely. And so... When it comes to mothers with their daughters, right? Ideally, this would begin, it begin right when they're born almost of just being able to speak to them over and over and over about this. I read this recently and it, it really has stuck with me for the past few weeks. And I wanted to share it with you here, but um, I read this in a book. It said, the quality of your life is the quality of your thinking. Quality of your life is the quality of your thinking. So if you're like, whatever you're thinking over and over and having that roommate in your head, that influences your thoughts. It influences your actions. It influences how you see your life. If you think my life is terrible, my life is hard. I'm a victim. It's always this. It's always these these people's fault. It's always this person's fault. I can't get ahead. I can't do this. Like then if that's what you're thinking and saying over and over and over, the quality of your life is going to be not, not so hot. Yeah. The quality of our thinking really, really affects it. So this idea of, so now we have, let's just say we we have these moms with daughters who Maybe they're like, okay, look, I want, I want to turn over a new leaf. I myself have been influenced by the culture as well. I want to help my daughter. I want to help myself uh, fight the culture of unworthiness. I want to, to, to get on the mission of worthy of wearing, get on this mission of, of what that is. So how do you start with somebody who's kind of like already in the mix? They've already experienced the world and all of its rough, rough sides, and they want to make the switch. What do you suggest? How do you, how do you suggest like a mom and a daughter would begin that process? It's, I mean, it it almost takes kind of thinking like standing in front of a mirror and saying like, what are those thoughts that come to you immediately? Like, I hate my knees. Oh, I wish my, you know, chest was smaller. Oh, I wish this about myself. I wish that about myself. I wish I had a tan. I wish I had blonde hair. Those things sometimes slip out of the mouth of a mother in front of her daughter. And she hears it and she thinks, oh, I have the same knees as my mother. So are my knees ugly too? Should I cover it? Should I be insecure about that? It's almost like it makes you stop and think like, oh, I should probably have the same insecurity if she thinks that's bad. And as mothers, our words carry so much weight. I mean, especially when they're little, um, not so much after the <laughs> 16th year, but um, it's important to go to the, go to that mirror and think like, what are those things I'm telling myself? And is my, my daughter's watching. So she's going to think those things too. So it's like kind of taking a holistic view and saying, okay, what do I love? What am I proud of? Start there. Like maybe when you're getting ready every day, you enjoy doing your eye makeup because you like the color of your eyes. And you're like, you know, this is kind of delightful. Like, I wonder why God gave me these eyes. And, and this is kind of fun. You know, if, even if it's just something so tiny like that, just start there and, and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving me these, this eye color. I find delight in it. Thank you for creating me in this way. And then there's always a prayer that I love to tell women to say, and that is just, Lord, help me see myself the way you see me. Because when you open that door, it allows that shell that we all have where we're just trying to look like everything's great, even to Jesus. (laughs) It allows that shell to have a little crack in it. And then he can just enter in and he can start to reveal that to you of, you know what, you've been carrying around this 
this burden that you don't like your postpartum body, or you've been carrying around this burden that you have acne and it's destroying your life. And I want you to know you are more than your acne. You are more than your postpartum extra weight and let our Lord speak that into us. Let him be that father to us. And I really have seen in, in, in personal interactions, in, in speaking with women on social media, this is a beautiful first step because it opens your hands rather than having everything so clenched. Gosh, and Nicole, it sounds like what you're saying, or a, a, not all of it, but a piece of it of what you're saying is calling out the lies, right? Mm-hmm. These lies that we believe, and it's good to call out what a lie is. Uh, I'm postpartum right now. I have a baby that's four months old. Am I still postpartum? I guess that's still postpartum. Yes, you are. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, what's that stage that they give you? But I understand like that is, and this is my sixth baby. And it's about, this is the first time that I've been able to achieve to, to do this. And I don't know why maybe it's the timing. Maybe it's finally just getting up and saying, I'm not going to believe these lies anymore. But I immediately after looking at my body, after I had my son, I remember looking at it being like, I am so proud of you. I love it. And I did it though. I did it sincerely. It was, it's, I mean, and I think what you're saying really is important. And I know that, I mean, I did it for myself and I did that over and over. I did it every day I woke up, I would look in the mirror and I'm like, I am proud of you. I am proud of this body. I'm proud of everything that you did to bring new life into the world. You take your time, you relax, you, you repair yourself on your own point. And I, so I think that so many of the, this culture of unworthiness is tied into the culture of lies and, and, you know, the king of lies, which is Satan himself, that mm-hmm. is, that is at the root of so much of this, that temptation to believe that we are not who God says we are, the yeah. temptation to believe the lie that we have, whatever it is, like you said, like whatever problem is that we see, however we see ourselves, are we really seeing ourselves the way God should, like the prayer that you've given us to, to begin our day to say over and over and over really. And I think that you're right. I think that as mothers, us beginning, beginning to have the transformation ourselves and making that transformation verbal, saying it out loud of the good that we see in ourselves, our daughters, our children are going to see this and they're, and they're going to be like, my mom loves herself. And then why would I not love myself? to the correct degree. I mean, but being able to, to be grateful. And I think a grateful heart is, is very difficult to, it's very difficult to hold on to a lie when you have a grateful heart for who you are. Absolutely. I mean, when my son randomly compliments me, that's my three-year-old, it means so much that he noticed something that I put effort into mama, you look so nice today. And I'm like, like whiplash, like that little three-year-old boy noticed that I put in effort And what there's like two things you can do, right? You can say, Oh, thank you, honey. Um, I appreciate that. That's so kind of you to say, or you can say, Oh, well, you know, don't, it's not that big of a deal. Like you start that, you know, that slippery slope of like, Oh, well this dress it's, you know, it's not quite fitting me that well. And I'm just trying to squeeze into it. And, Oh, it's just from target or, Oh, it's just from it. And then you just, that's like, that's the dangerous thing. That's where someone is trying to enter in with this good and then there you go with those negative voices from that, that father of lies that's trying to convince us that we're not even worthy of love. We're not even worthy of a compliment from a three-year-old, you know? And I think when we start making a good habit of just doing it anyway, I think of Mother Teresa, and I know you love her, like, do it anyway, do it anyway. That's when we start to see the habit over time create 
the space that we need to see ourselves in a different light. Because sometimes it actually is just doing it consistently to help ourselves say, okay, you know what? This feels like I'm climbing up Mount Everest right now, but I'm just going to keep getting dressed every morning, even though I'm not feeling it. This week's episode is sponsored by House of Joppa. If you're looking for beautiful Catholic home decor, jewelry, art, rosaries, or other Catholic gifts, look no further than the House of Joppa. Every product here is curated from artisans throughout the world. They're so beautiful, my friends. And it's designed to uplift your spirit and really just share the beauty of our one holy Catholic and apostolic faith. I have pieces of this all around my home. I really love it. So if you're looking for something for yourself or maybe a special gift for a friend, head over to their website. It's in the show notes right here. My favorite products are their Sacred Heart Stand, the Deo Gracias Rosary Dish, and the Our Lady Hoop Earrings. I just... My friends, I love them. All right. And you, my very special Do Something Beautiful listeners, will receive 15% off your purchase at checkout when you use the code Leah15. So that's one word, L-E-A-H-1-5. Check out the link um, in our show notes so that you can grab what you would love from House of Joppa. Remember, that's houseofjoppa.com. That's House of J-O-P-P-A.com. And remember, grab your code Leah15 for 15% off. We've, we've, we've entered into a mindset of unworthiness. We've entered yes. into this mindset of like, I'm unworthy. I'm, I can't do that. So it's going to feel very difficult and awkward to switch that. But you can, like our brain's amazing of how um, the neuroplasticity of it can change how we view ourselves, and then working out of a state that is positive and a positive mindset more than the negative, you know, like chaotic mindset that matters so much. I think that, I think you're onto something. I think that that is amazing. Yeah. I, I, it's very touching when I get to talk to women. I I had a book signing a few weeks ago and I talked to this woman and um, she came to me and she said, I want to have great style but I have this issue with my feet and I have to wear these certain types of shoes and I'm really tall and I'm kind of awkward. And she just gave me this long list of all these things that were preventing her from having good style, quote unquote. And I looked at her and I said, are these all of your limitations to having great style? And she was, she just looked like, what, (laughs) what do you mean? (laughs) And I was like, look at your skin look at your eyes, look at the color of your hair against your complexion. I was like, you are a beautiful woman. And she just immediately was just like weeping. And I'm like, okay, this is like Holy spirit. But I said to her, you don't like the size of your feet and how tall you are does not make you automatically disqualified (laughs) from having great style. Uh, you know, it's, it's how you carry yourself. It's so much more than throwing on clothes. You and I both know that we've watched bazillion fashion shows. You know, you can throw clothes on anybody. It doesn't make them good. It doesn't make them kind. It doesn't make them virtuous. So we always have to lead with that. But I think, you know, giving ourselves a little room to say, what are the lies? Let's call them out and maybe write them down And then ask our Lord, okay, Lord, please fill this in, fill in where these lies are. Show me the truth, reveal that to me so I can live with more gratitude and joy. I love it. I love everything about what you're doing. I really do. I think, okay, so let me ask you this. Let me get down to some practicals of worthy of wearing. What does this look like for someone starting out? So let's just say people are listening right now. And it's the first time they really kind of spent time hearing about this and maybe they've heard it, seen it in passing, but okay, worthy of wearing sounds interesting. Where does someone start? Like, okay, so where, where, where do I begin, Nicole? That sounds great. What, what's the first thing I should do? 
go to the closet. (laughs) We go to the closet because here's the thing. We all have a very unique story. And I think people forget that this is part of of who we are. A lot of us too, that have wounds in our past, we're like, we're just going to close that door. We're not going to talk about it. But the good and the bad have made you the woman or man that you are right now. So when you're getting dressed, you want to represent that. You want to show who you are authentically. So when you go to the closet and you stand in front of all the clothes, and I want you to look at the things you love. Like I'm sure, I'm mean, even if it's one thing, even if you hate all your clothes, I'm sure there is one thing you love in your closet, whether it's shoes, you know, an old brooch from someone that you love that passed it down to you, something like that. Start with that thing. And that's going to be sort of this catalyst for all the other things. And it's going to connect you back to who God made you to be with the good, with the bad. And then take all the other things that don't make any sense. And I go through this in the book in much more detail. Um, but give yourself the space to, to think those over, to kind of reassess why they're there, why they're taking up space in your closet, especially if you don't enjoy wearing them or they make you feel terrible, like physically, emotionally, you know, the, the too tight jeans, the itchy sweaters, the gifts that you never really wanted and were given, uh, things like that. So I think when you start with the things that bring you joy, that make you connect to who you are. Um, that's where you can sort of create this little bit of a vision and say like, you know, what does bring me inspiration? Do I just walk into a beautiful church? And that's like how I want to like decorate my home and dress. And yes, all of the above. Is it, is it an old movie? Is it, is it an era? Is it, is it a certain style that I've always admired and on another person that I think would, would work really well for me? Just let your mind wander and be creative and dream a little bit. And I think that's where we also don't give ourselves the space to do that on a daily basis or a monthly basis or a yearly basis. We're so deeply steeped in the to-do list and the busyness of everything that 10 years can go by and you've got this closet full of clothes and it makes zero sense to your real life. You know, So I think it's time for us to kind of go back to the closet like you did when you were 13 and think about, okay, I want to dress like this and here's why, and here's the intentionality behind it. I love that because I think if you look back at your, at our closets from teenage years, maybe early college years, late teens to mid twenties, a lot of, uh, oftentimes I'm generalizing here, but what's in our closet is us buying things that are the trend because everybody's wearing them and we just put them in there, regardless if we like it or not, regardless if it's <laughs> fits us or not the way that it should, or we bought the right size for something because we wanted a certain size because we have to be that size. We have to be that number and we can't be anything else besides that. So all these things are in your closet and you know, it's kind of interesting. I think there's a really, there's, I experienced a real freedom, especially when I hit college, when I realized I get to choose my friends, you know, in high school, I was kind of stuck in this one city and this one place and with these one group of people and they were all there. And I like it, I was trying to find some friend in that group. I was kind of just stuck with this group here. But it, for me, whatever reason, in college, I got to the point of like, wait a minute, I don't have to be, I don't have to choose that same group of friends anymore. I can choose whatever I want. In the same light, we have the freedom to look at our closet and be like, I don't have to wear this anymore. I, no one's telling mm-hmm. me that I have to be a part of this trend or that I have to have this color on. You can actually be an adult and make a decision about what you want, like what gets to take up space in your life, in your closet. 
And whatever is not is, is taking up space and to, be, to have the clarity, even in your closet, to be able to see what works for you and what you love. And I think you would agree that when you put on something that you love, okay, it doesn't matter um, if it's, if it's like, you know, leisure wear or something dressy, but when you love it, don't you feel more free just to be you? You're like, oh, yes. I'm in it. I'm, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm Leah. I'm here for this, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Versus you wear something that's not comfortable. And I know for me, I'm always like making sure that something is tucked down the right way because it's going to come up, it's going to show something else. And I'm like, and I'm always thinking about that thing that's not fitting versus right. the freedom that it gives me to wear something that I just know looks nice and I don't have to worry about it. It takes you out of the present moment. And then you can't live authentically when you're focused internally and you're focused on the shirt that's going to pop out or the hemline you're checking, you keep doing the finger check, making sure it's not riding up or something. Um, that takes away the gift of the present moment of being present to the people God is calling you to be present to, um, to do the tasks God is calling us to do, you know? So it's, there is a freedom in wearing clothes. You feel beautiful in, you feel great in because you throw it on and you don't think about it again until you take it off at the end of the day. And I, I truly believe God is calling us to be present in our mission, wherever we are being called. And the best way to do that is to be intentional, put something on that makes you feel great and that you're not constantly worrying about. And you will have this beautiful presence to love people, to live out this calling that you have and to use your gifts in a much more intentional way than when the insecurity clouds everything. Yeah. I love, and you know, I think what a better time. I mean, I know obviously you didn't plan on this. Like you released a book and during a pandemic, which some people would think it'd be crazy. I think it's amazing. I think pandemic or not, we need to still keep doing what God has given us to do. Okay. Yes. Um, Amen. But what an amazing opportunity for us to be able in this time where the world has paused itself because of the pandemic of all and craziness surrounding all of it to take this pause and be able to be like, okay, so now let's go ahead and reset the closet. Let's figure out what's been going on in here. Most of us have been wearing just tops that we like because we're doing zooms and we're just wearing the sweats <laughs> down below, like fine, whatever, but it's a great opportunity then to like, well, maybe the closet that you used to have is not going to be the closet that you're going to have for the future. And exactly. so taking a time that might be just a great time for us all to be like, okay, I don't want to wear this anymore. I don't, I don't really like, I never liked this style, even though I could wear it. And I think it's just a really good opportunity to be able to, to give yourself the freedom to donate it, give it away, you know, and, and move on and find exactly what is the right style for them. So speaking of that, speaking of how to find your style, I know the book goes into this in amazing detail, but what could you tell us to figure out how could we find our style here? Well, you know, going back to that idea of like what inspires you and also what is the simplest thing to you? I love that there's a definition of modesty in the dictionary that literally is simplicity. Mm -hmm. So when you're getting up and getting dressed every day, you shouldn't have a mountain of clothes on your bed. It shouldn't take 25 minutes of figuring out what shirt you're going to wear. It literally should take a minute. You know, that simplicity of like, this is me. So I think for some people that feel completely lost, I think it's going back to the drawing board and saying, if I could wear one thing every single day, what would it be? Would it be a dress? Okay. Maybe you're a dress girl. Let's find some dresses that really suit your body shape and your torso and in some colors that really complement your skin tone. If it's like jeans and a t-shirt, which is me, 
Okay, then let's do that. Let's go into that and let's see what iterations of jeans and a t-shirt kind of speak to your story. You know, maybe you grew up um, in California, so you have a jeans and a t-shirt, but it's California version of that, or maybe it's the New York City version of that, you know? So there's a there's a beautiful um, way of kind of adding little details to your style that are authentic to you that only you are going to do. And whether or not all the women listening to this call say, oh, I'm a dress, I'm a dress, I'm a dress. Even if all of you are dressed, then you're all still going to look different and unique and unrepeatable because you are different and unique and unrepeatable. Yeah, I love that. I love that be- being able to look at something of what you really like. And I would love to say too, just because I am postpartum, that could change for different seasons. I mean, we're women. Yes. And you know, if you're a woman who's experienced a baby before in your womb, then you know, the, the, the body goes through these, these waves of different times. So that's been something really interesting for me. I felt like I was really good before I had kids being, okay, it's my style. I'm comfortable with this. This is what I would wear. If I had only wear one outfit, I could tell you that now my mind has like seven answers to your question. Cause I'm like, okay, what Leah is this? Is this Leah postpartum? (laughs) two weeks postpartum? Is this Leah two months? Is this six months postpartum? Is this Leah like, I mean, so I think giving ourselves the the grace to know that it will adjust and move into that space. I know for me, that's always really helped in reading all of the stuff that you put out and like reading your Instagram posts. I just appreciate that it's not so set in stone that worthy of wearing is, is regardless of your size. It's regardless of your season. It's regardless of even the lies you believe. Um, And and even your budget. I mean, let's be real. I mean, all of those things are true. And I think that's why it can be great, but it's also a double-edged sword and it could be frustrating for some because some people just literally want the, these are the 10 things you need in your closet right now, you know, from people.com or whatever. Um, This version of style advice takes a lot of self-examination. It takes a lot of heart work. It takes a lot of examining lies and writing down things that make you feel joy and, um, and just going deeper. But I think it's a celebration of your story with Christ. And I think when he sees us kind of pick up that the baton of like, I am a daughter of Christ. I am worthy. I am set apart. I feel he just like looks at us with so much joy and is like, there she is, you know, like there she is. That's my girl. Um, And I I really want more women to feel that way. Amen. All right, Nicole, if you can give our listeners a challenge, give us a challenge before, before we wrap up, what's something we could do to implement, to do something based on what you've been talking about today. I would challenge women to write down one lie they believe, and then three things they, you know, say the come Holy spirit prayer and ask our Lord, what are three truths to Trump that lie? Um, because I think it's there, but it takes the moment of actually sitting down and working on this. And I think for a lot of us, we, we just keep putting it off. We're like, I'll do that tomorrow. Don't do it tomorrow. Do it today. <laughs> the minute you hear that you finish this podcast, I want you to get out your notes section on your phone or get out a pen and paper and do this and, and maybe even bring it to the adoration chapel. That's like bon- bonus brownie points. If you can do that. <laughs> Yeah. Amen. I love that. I love it. Nicole, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me.
Oh, I love it. All right, my friends, it's another episode of the Do Something Beautiful podcast. Thank you so much to especially all of my Patreon members. Thank you for supporting this amazing work. I, I'm so honored that I get to talk to amazing people who are really doing something beautiful in this world for our Lord, like Nicole. So thank you for supporting us and that. Don't forget, please, to rate and review us um, wherever you get your podcast would be so helpful for us so that more people can learn more about all the people that we chat with here. And remember, whatever you do today, whatever you do, do something beautiful for God. God love you. God bless. And I'll talk to you later.